0: Welcome to this edition of the KTH 910 AM interview of the week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. Glad you are with us. I hope you're having a great, great weekend. And my name is Dave Palmer, executive director of the station here and the host of this program. Diane Xavier is running our board and we talk about all kinds of things in this program. And if it's Catholic and it's local, it fits the bill for this program. And I'm happy to be speaking again about a wonderful Um new venture, relatively new, that has hit North Texas over the last uh, few years. It was many years in the making. We've talked about it a number of times on the program. It's Whole Life Authentic Care, located at 1000 Bonnie Bray Avenue in Fort Worth, 76111. They are located online at wholelifeac.com. And their president and CEO is Nicole Havrilla. And she has been on with us before. You might recall, if you're a big fan of this program, that we spoke to her and Dr. Christy King uh, not too long ago, but she has several doctors on her staff. And uh, today, uh, Nicole is joining us along with a family practice doctor who is on her staff by the name of Dr. Sally Kurz. And so we welcome both of them via phone uh, from the office where they are working and on with us. So uh, thanks for to both of you for being on with me today.
1: Yeah, thank you, Dave, very much.
0: And Nicola, I, I saw on the website there's a, a brief description about uh, you know, a little bit of the history of Whole Life Authentic Care and how you guys, you know, took so much time and effort and money and you know hard work to get this going. And then you start hiring doctors, and all of a sudden COVID hits. And but I know that <laughs> the message today, rather than oh gosh, look at COVID, it's really the opposite. Your your message today is uh, you are open for business and not downplaying the fact that. You know, the pandemic is still affecting some people, but you want people to know that uh, it's kind of operation as usual there, right?
1: Yes. So, uh, Whole Life Authentic Care opened its doors last November, and as we brought on our OBGYNs, we hired uh, Dr. Sally Kurz, who's on with us today, right in April, in the middle of the pandemic. And we were able to continue to serve patients and remain open, whether we were doing telemedicine, being able to address... um, uh, patients' chronic conditions or depression that was coming up during that time. And uh, for patients to continue to call and come in as they're needed, that we are fully open and and seeing patients during this unprecedented year.
0: Yeah. And if you could, for those who perhaps are not familiar with Whole Life Authentic Care in general and what kind of services you provide, is it for the whole family? Is it women only, only a limited scope? Uh, what exactly, what services do you provide?
1: Yes. So Whole Life Authentic Care is a pro-life family practice OBGYN office. We're able to see the entire family from conception all the way through older age. Uh, the reality is is that this was missing in the community to be able to have a multi-practice office where you're able to see everyone under that umbrella of a pro-life care model. The uniqueness of us is that we offer NAPRO technology and Crate Model natural family planning services, so whether you're coming to see the OBGYNs for those needs or being able to see Dr. Kerr's for family practice needs. We're able to serve the whole family in that model. So Dr. Kerr's has seen men, our sons, um, infants that have just been born perhaps uh, in the last uh, month by um, being delivered by one of our OBGYNs at Harris Hospital uh, are able to come in and see Sally uh, for their first well visit.
0: Yeah, and I know that you uh, operate on the, the generosity of many people who support you and we'll have you an opportunity uh, during this interview for you also to tell people how they can support you financially and also by becoming patients there at Whole Life Authentic Care as well. And before we formally introduce Dr. Sally Curse wanted to ask you, and uh, by way of anecdote, uh, I was telling my wife the other evening that I would be speaking to you and Dr. Curse and she said, oh, I wonder if they accept our insurance yet. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and not only do you, but uh, she has already signed up uh, uh, to be a patient and has set her appointment. So talk about that. I know on the website, there's a long list of insurance companies that you accept, way too many to mention during this interview, but uh, tell us about uh, you and uh, the, as far as people's concerns about whether you accept their insurance.
1: Yes, absolutely. So we are a regular medical office that takes insurance. You carry one of the private insurance providers. Um, like you just said, there's a list of those providers. Our, our goal was to be on every major provider list and being able to be even on the health share, Christian share ministry ones also. And the uniqueness of Whole Life Authentic Care is that we're a nonprofit. So if a person is underinsured or not insured, we're able to have them go through a process so that we don't have to turn them away. So right now, you're able to come in and be seen just as you would regularly be seen at a doctor office, but having that underpinning of being able to serve those those clients that perhaps are coming our direction from Catholic Charities or one of the crisis pregnancy centers in town.
0: All right, uh, Nicole Havrilla again, President and CEO of Whole Life Authentic Care. Visit them, wholelifeac.com. And uh, really the thrust of this interview is to introduce you, our listener, to uh, the doctor that she mentioned was hired back in April in the middle of really as the pandemic was really exploding and kind of kind of set everything back but now it's business as usual and uh, they want uh, you to call up and set an appointment. Dr. Sally Kurz, I'll, I'll read the bio because it's really interesting. You can see some of her background and then we'll uh, bring her into the conversation. Dr. Sally Kurz was born and raised in Wall, Texas. She graduated college from Texas Tech University, completed medical school at the University of Texas Southwestern Medical Center. She went on to to complete her family practice residency at Mercy Family Medicine in St. Louis. And during her medical training, she completed the Creighton Medical Consultant Training Program through the Pope Paul VI Institute. Currently, she's working towards completing the associated certification. Uh, She enjoys practicing a full spectrum of family practice for all ages, but she does have a special interest in women's health, natural family planning, and fertility awareness based on methods of family planning, management of infertility and pregnancy care. Uh, she rides with, she resides with her husband Rich and their growing family in Fort Worth, Texas. And she enjoys crafting, cooking, and baking. And uh, she is uh, definitely a growing family three children, one's in the womb, one's two, and one's one. So, Dr. Kurz, welcome! And sounds like you probably don't have a lot of free time on your hand. You're very, very busy, and and, and thank God for that. You got a, a an exciting life you're living, don't you?
2: Yes, when you uh, mentioned my hobbies, I was thinking, yes, I used to do
0: this. <laughs> <laughs> we well, probably still get to cook every now and then, right? <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, that's definitely still on the table.
0: Yeah, well, very good. So uh, a, a great background you have, and I know there's so much that I can ask you about that, but let me first just ask you how you intersected with Whole Life Authentic Care so such that you were brought on back in April. How did you hear about them, and how did that relationship begin?
2: I actually met uh, Nicole and Jessica um, when I was in medical school, and the effort to bring the clinic to the area was just beginning, Um, and so I kind of knew about the effort, and I kept in touch with Nicole and Jessica through medical school and through my residency, and it just worked out perfectly that they were ready to hire a family doctor once I became a family doctor. Um, so it, it worked out really well.
0: And this is a very unique type of uh, medical center that is very authentically Catholic, uh, uh, abiding by the, the teachings of the Catholic Church. And And it must be refreshing to be able to practice your faith as you practice your life as a doctor.
2: It really is. I experienced quite a bit of burnout during residency, uh, just because so many patients that I was caring for um, just had such a, a lack of faith in their life and wasn't really able to address that spiritual component, and it it is very freeing and refreshing to be able to freely um, practice with that uh, kind of Catholic component. Um, not that you know everyone has to be Catholic to come here, but uh, many people who do come to see us um, share some element of faith or are open to it, um, and that has been a very refreshing aspect to practicing in this particular type of clinic.
0: Yes, for sure. I never want to assume that everybody listening is familiar with the Popol the Six Institute or Napro Technology or Dr. Thomas Hilgers, who, of course, uh, founded the, that institute. Tell us about that and why that particular training was important and how it kind of um, is involved in the, the, the services you provide there at Whole Life Authentic Care.
2: Sure, so the Creighton model of NFP or natural family planning um, is a, probably the most well researched and evidence based method of um, charting a woman's cycle uh, in regards to kind of medical application to that. Um, There are certainly other methods out there that have quite a bit of evidence uh, behind them. Um, But this one has been very well studied and uh, medical and surgical protocols developed to really help providers, physicians, um, diagnose and treat underlying reproductive health issues, whether it be a question of Infertility or just abnormal bleeding or PMS issues or PCOS type stuff. Um, So there is a variety of reproductive health issues that can be diagnosed and managed with the help of the chart. Um, And so looking at the actual observations that a woman um, makes about her menstrual cycle uh, gives us a lot of information about what's actually going on in her body. And so that's really helpful. Um, Doing the training through the Pope Paul VI Institute, uh, which is where Dr. Hilgers, um, who created the Creighton model, uh, where he kind of works out of now, uh, really gave me probably the best understanding of female physiology that I received, like, my training in medical school barely even scratched the surface, and going through that training and you know practicing with um, the principles of NAPRO technology, uh, I feel like have really given me a much better, and deeper understanding of female reproductive physiology and you know the the normal physiology versus the abnormal pathophysiology, and uh, just a different approach to diagnosing and treating. Uh, different issues that arise in that realm of things.
0: Yes, Dr. Sally Kurz is my guest, family practice doctor with Whole Life Authentic Care, one of, uh, I believe, at least three doctors. We've spoken to uh, Dr. Christy King and also Dr. Kurz, now Dr. Melissa Weidert, I think will be our next interview, and you can get to know her as well. Nicole Haverill is also on the line with us, president and CEO of Whole Life Authentic Care. Visit them online, wholelifeac.com to inquire about them, learn about their... Um, about whole life authentic care and also perhaps uh, set up an appointment to come and uh, see one of the doctors um dr kurz um nicole in her email to me talked about how you care for the whole person and i think that has a lot to do with the napro technology but uh what what does that how would you describe that or what does that mean that you you you, you, the whole person and, and perhaps even for men and and females
2: I think it really comes down to not just seeing each patient as a problem list, you know, that's in our medical record charting. We always have the problem list of, you know, diabetes, hypertension, hyperlipidemia, all these different things. And it's easy to forget that there is a human person there. Yeah. Um, but I think when you approach it from a kind of face background, um, you you just view the person differently um you view the patient as a person as opposed to just you know a compilation of medical history and lab results and um, that sort of
0: thing. Yeah. Yeah. A very technical kind of uh of uh, look at the person just a person with diseases or problems. Uh, yeah, interesting. That that that's the beauty of a practice like this. Uh Nicole, let me bring you back into the conversation because um I know you you've gotten some feedback from patients of Dr. Curse and people are saying good things about her and I don't want to uh ask her how great she is and so why don't you tell me what some of the feedback has been and what uh, people have appreciated about her as a doctor and her practice?
1: Yes. So, the beauty of my job is that I often get emails from the community on what they've experienced here at the clinic. Um, Back in May, we had a patient who... some of the other offices were shut down during the pandemic. They maybe couldn't go to their regular doctor. They were afraid to go to the ER. Everyone was really unsure. And so we had a patient reach out to us who was struggling with depression over the holiday weekend and didn't know where to go. And um, she reached out to me over email asking if the clinic was open, asking if we could see. And uh, she uh, was able to call in uh, just as a regular patient, be able to to um, book an appointment with Dr. Kerr's and then said to me, Nicole, thank you so much for connecting me with Dr. Kerr. She was so thorough and helpful, more than any doctor I've ever seen for my condition. You have a very good thing growing there at Whole Life, and I want to be able to spread the word 100%. Um, I would have ended up in the ER that weekend if you didn't answer mm. my call. Wow. So, right? Like you need to find a medical home. Uh, patients need to be able to have that base of when it's something more serious. Dr. Kurz can recommend a more serious plan of care, but being able to have somebody that you can call, which I mean, Dave, you know, we've been on interviews several times in the past seven years. I would get phone calls from potential patients that are like, who should I go to in the community? And I didn't know who to recommend. And then I carefully selected a team and we carefully built this over several years to make sure we had the right doctors so that when a phone call like this came in over Memorial Day weekend, Dr. Kurz was the one that was on the other end of the phone.
0: Yeah, awesome. And I mentioned, you know, Dr. King, Dr. Kurz, Dr. Weidert. If somebody Mm -hmm. is interested in, you know, just family practice, do each of those, do they kind of practice similarly or are there particular specialties? How does one know which doctor to go to among the three that you have?
1: Right, so when you call into the office, of course, the front desk staff will be able to help navigate, uh, who somebody needs to see. Uh, Dr. Kerr's obviously is going to be on the family practice side, managing, um, all family practice care. And then Dr. King and Dr. Weidert are OBGYNs that handle that side of the care model. And, uh, Dr. Weidert is one of the 30 in the country that are surgically trained fellows in NAPRO technology. So so the beauty of the practice is if you have a teen daughter that is struggling with her menstrual cycles and comes in and sees Dr. Kurz for family practice because perhaps she's in pain or she has headaches or PMS or any of those conditions, if Dr. Kurz needs her to be forwarded on to Dr. Weider for more serious gynecological um, management, we're able to do that right underneath the same umbrella.
0: Yeah, very care. nice. I mentioned about support, uh, for whole life authentic care. And Nicole, if you would just like to go ahead and let people know what are the needs and how can they support you in, you know, however many ways you want to mention, uh, right now.
1: Right. So, uh, of course, we've opened a clinic during a pandemic. We're fundraising uh, in the last uh, six to seven months has been a challenge. While the medical practice is sound and a a great business uh, for being able to see the patients, the building that we're in is 6,000 square feet of beautiful medical space. Mm. And that was finishing during the pandemic. And our loan that we have on still being able to raise money to finish out the build out is two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That's what we're raising right now to be able to finish for um, for the debt on um, the actual space that patients get to come in and be seen in. And so, uh, for those that haven't been out, we're in a nineteen fifties church that's been remodeled. Some of our photos are on Facebook and some are on the website of a beautiful space that's been converted into a medical clinic to be able to serve the community in. And that fundraising was coming to an end right as the pandemic hit. It delayed construction and a few other things. So if listeners want to go to wholelifeac.com and click on mission, they can read more about where we're at in that process and be able to contact me directly.
0: All right very good nicole havrilla president c e o of Whole life authentic here again that address a thousand bonnie Bray avenue fort worth seven six one 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 and you can also uh, contact Nicole directly Nicole at com, and you can visit them online wholelifeac.com uh, Dr. Kurz let me uh, finish with you I appreciate very much you taking some time to be with us and congratulations on working with whole life and also that beautiful uh, growing family of yours I just wanted to give you the last word and give you an opportunity just to uh, say whatever you'd like about the practice or maybe an invitation to people who are out there listening to call up and and, uh, become patients there at Whole Life Authentic Care?
2: Well, I think we certainly have a unique thing going here and uh, we work very hard to uh, take the very best care of everyone that comes through our doors, um, whether that be you know getting creative with appointment scheduling or um, trying to work with families through difficult diagnoses. Um, so, I I think it's uh, a little bit of a different feel than you might get from some of the the systems out there. Um, We are very um, personalized and uh, take take it very personally, I guess, is what I'm trying to say, um, for every patient that we care for. Um, Yeah. So definitely a a different approach than what you might get somewhere else.
0: Yes, well, thank you for answering the call and for joining a practice like that because I think it's just outstanding. And uh, Nicole, uh, thank you for what you did. A lot of blood, sweat, and tears, I know, went into this, Uh, not to mention lots of prayer and a lot of support. Mm -hmm. And I, I can't tell you in my 15, 16 years of working at Catholic Radio how many times previous to this people have said, I wish we had this. I wish we had a place where we could go and receive authentic, you know, care uh, through a a Catholic lens and a Catholic practice. And so, Nicole, thank you for you know, taking it and running with it and, and trusting in the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that this could actually happen. And I, I know it's, uh, <laughs> a lot of people are very thankful. So, uh, thanks to both of you. Appreciate your time. Also, another wonderful lady, Diane Xavier, behind the glass here, running the board. Thanks, Diane. And again, to the dear listeners out there, please, if nothing else, go and visit the website and see what Whole Life Authentic Care is all about and see if it might be a good fit for you and your family. Whole Life AC com is the website. This has been the KTH nine ten AM interview of the week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network, and we thank you very much for listening. God bless you. All young men interested in learning more about the priesthood are invited to Vocation Discernment Day, a day that will serve as an opportunity to gather with other young men in the Diocese of Fort Worth to listen to and discern God's will in your life. The event will be Saturday, November 14th from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the TCU Catholic Newman Center on Westbury Street in Fort Worth. This is a free event and meals are included. And for more information or to register visit fwdioc.org Good afternoon everybody and welcome to this edition of the KTH 9:10 a.m. interview of the week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. My name is Dave Palmer and typically I introduce the person Diane or Sissel, who are running the board, but today I'm running the board for myself and the reason being is cuz we have four guests and in our studio, if you've ever been here, you know we only have four microphones, four guests, and so I figure, well, I might as well stay on the other side of the glass. And it's a very exciting opportunity because once a year, thanks to the work of Sylvia Nahara over at Holy Trinity Seminary, she serves as the Director of Advancement. She will arrange for a group of seminarians to come over to the studio and record some spots about their annual Gregus uh, uh, dinner benefit. Typically, it's a dinner. And this year is no different, but the event itself is different. And so I do have four seminarians here with me on the other side of the glass. And they are Christian Hamrick from the Diocese of Nashville. He's a senior seminarian. And Preston Thompson, also from the Diocese of Nashville and also a senior. And then we have Cameron Kologinzak. I, I think I, I got, okay, he's giving me the thumbs up. I, I've been practicing that for a while, Cole uh, Jinsak, and he's uh, from the Diocese of Austin. He's a, he's a junior, and Nick Weiss, uh, Dallas Diocese Seminarian, and he is a senior, so welcome to all four of you, and thank you so much for uh, coming in today. Thank you for having us. You must be the the, the four best-behaved seminarians, since they're the ones that they uh, <laughs> send over to the radio station. I wouldn't say that for a second. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I want to give you each an opportunity to say a little bit about yourself, but before that, I just want to give the the very basics. The Spes Gregus uh, Holy Trinity Seminarian, Seminary Benefit, uh, notice I didn't say dinner, is going to be uh, Friday, October 23rd, beginning at 7 p.m. And like many events in 2020, it's going to be fully virtual, but uh, there are some twists and you still are going to have an opportunity to get to know the seminarians Talk to them, you know, up close and personal, and we'll explain what that's all about as well. But before that, let me just go in order, and if you guys could take just maybe a minute or so, tell us a little bit about yourself, what, uh, how God, how you answered the call to come to seminary, and uh, we'll start with you, Christian Hamrick from the Diocese of Nashville. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
3: Yeah, so like you said, my name is Christian Hamrick, and I'm a senior from the Diocese of Nashville. And uh, how I got to Holy Trinity uh, is definitely a story of divine providence. <laughs> so I entered seminary right out of high school, um, and it was something that I hadn't really been involved in my faith life a whole lot throughout um, a lot of my high school career and middle school and things. And um, But as it happens in a lot of these situations, um, I started attending retreats and getting involved in daily mass and things. And I now credit it with um, a solid friend group that I had, a solid peer group that I had known since elementary school, and then the sacramental grace that came along with attending daily mass and receiving the sacraments frequently, including the sacrament of confession. Um, and through that, I really felt God um, working in my heart, calling me potentially to discern a of vocation. So... Um, I applied, and I spent a year at the Pontifical College Josephinum in Columbus, Ohio. Um, But after a year, we determined as a diocese that we wanted to go in a different direction. So I was transferred here to Holy Trinity. So I'm a senior, but it's my third year at Holy Trinity, and it has definitely been a blast every step of the way, for sure.
0: Yeah, curious that three out of the four of you are seniors, and so you'll be sent elsewhere, and I guess there's a few different options. I don't know if anybody's going to Rome these days, or uh, if that's an option, but maybe by the time you graduate, it will be. Uh, all right. Well, thank you, Christian. Appreciate that. And it's one thing I've learned in interviewing seminarians is that you meet one seminarian, you've met one seminarian. Everybody has a different story. Like you say, you weren't the Just perfect, perfect kid that everybody was probably saying, you're going to be a priest one day. And, but, uh, God, through his grace, uh, led you to seminary, which, and praise God for that. All right. Preston Thomas, Thompson, I'm sorry, also from the Diocese of Nashville. Can you, Tell us about yourself.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and funny enough, uh, Christian and I, I actually do have similar stories because <laughs> I was part of Christian's friend group growing up. Um, I, <laughs> yeah, was actually, I, guess, I
3: guess that's an essential detail. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in fact, I was part of that, that group from middle school that grew up together and went to high school together and really started to get involved in our faith together right around um, towards the junior and senior year of high school. Um, and then from that as well, being very involved in mastered We'd see each other and challenge each other to get to Mass every single weekday, being at a Catholic school, um, constantly being at adoration and confession. Um, and then I, unlike Christian, um, I, will, I, I heard the call. I knew, I knew that I potentially had this vocation to the priesthood. Um, and I was scared, and I didn't want to answer that question. So I took a year and went and pursued some sports down in a tiny little college in Alabama for a year, um, but then really felt that my heart like that wasn't it. That wasn't the end. Um, that God had destined something more for me. So after a year, I applied uh, for seminary, and that was when we were the Diocese of Nashville was going in that direction of Holy Trinity Seminary. And so it just seemed perfectly fitting so that a couple of my best friends heading to uh, Holy Trinity Seminary, that I would be joining them. And I was able to maintain my sophomore year status right in the same class um, as I would have been if I were to go right out of high school. So.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I always think of everybody in seminary as just being kind of on their own, but uh, interesting that sometimes friend groups will feel the call kind of as a group, uh, as is the case of you. And did you say there's there's another one from your your group that's in seminary with you also?
4: There was another one out of high school that applied yeah. and spent three years in seminary, but last year he had discerned that God was not calling him to the priesthood, or at least right now. So yes, there was another one.
0: Yeah, okay. All right, well, that's uh, Preston Thompson, uh, Diocese of Nashville senior, uh, which brings us to Cameron Kolegin- uh from the Diocese <laughs> of Austin. I, I bet I'm not the only one who has had a hard time with your name. <laughs> no, it's wrong <laughs> right?
5: Polish last names. People <laughs> always have trouble with it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I always think, like, in Poland, do they have trouble with Polish names? or It's, it's just kind of like, oh, it's, you know, no, no, no problem at all. But anyways, uh, enough about your last name. It is interesting, and I'm sure it's a good conversation starter. But uh, Cameron, tell us about yourself from the Diocese of uh, Austin, and you were a junior this you're at uh, Holy Trinity.
5: Yeah, I, uh, I grew up going to Catholic school, K-12. through 12. Um, and During um, junior year of high school, I started feeling the call, but never really had like a close relationship with God, so I didn't really trust where He was leading me in life. So I decided out of high school to uh, pursue electrical engineering at uh, Texas A&M. Um, and it was during my time at A&M that I realized that I was finding no fulfillment whatsoever in, in engineering, because... That's what I wanted for my life and not what God was wanting for my life. Uh, so along with a lot of people um, in the strong discernment community that is A&M, um, I decided to leave A&M and transfer into a seminary for the diocese. And it's beautiful to be up here in Dallas. It's a great small community. of A lot of Aggies are up here too. A lot of my friend group also from A&M has come. Yeah. Up and nobody's whooping, years. is
0: that? There must not be any connections <laughs> to A and M any of this. Uh, I, I always feel, and I have no connection A and M at all, but I always feel like I need to whoop whenever, <laughs> whenever men- somebody mentions A and M. There's a lot of good stuff going on down at College Station. So many vocations. It just seems like uh, God's grace just pours upon St. Mary's down there, and uh, you're another example of it. Uh, well, that, that's awesome. Well, and again, like I said, every every story is different, and so. Uh, uh, that, that That is great. So thank you, Cameron, uh, very much for telling us a little bit about yourself. And again, if you're just tuning in, this is the interview of the week. We're talking about the 17th annual Spes Gregis Holy, Holy Trinity Seminary Benefit, which is going to be Friday, October 23rd, beginning at 7 p.m. Totally online, and it's going to be unique, and it's going to be special, and the main purpose is to raise funds to to support seminarians in the seminary, and so we hope many people who are listening will be very generous. All right, well, Nick, and I, I've known Nick because I've emceed a couple of events over at Regina Chaley Academy, and he used to be a member of a band called the over, Down the Hill Band, and they're really good, and so uh, I, apparently all the others graduated and so he's the last one standing. But uh, Nick, other than being a musician, can you tell us about yourself?
6: Yeah. So I grew up in Grand Prairie, Texas, um, which is about 20 minutes away from the seminary. Um, I was homeschooled my entire uh, K through 12. Um, so I had a lot of uh, good religious education at home. My family was very faithful in going to mass on Sundays. Um, and I just remember always love being at church, learning about the faith, learning theology, and uh, really, in middle school, high school, I was really involved in our parish youth group, which was just a huge part of my discernment. Um, we went on a lot of retreats, did a lot of prayer, and I just really fell in love with the Lord. Um, and through that, I just received the sacraments a lot, went to daily mass, uh, just continued to to fall in love with him, especially in the Eucharist. Um, and the, the call just kind of felt very natural um, through all of that, uh, just kind of a a constant kind of attraction to priesthood. Um, and really throughout high school, that's kind of the only thing I considered seriously um, doing after high school. So similar to Christian, I entered seminary straight out of high school, um, and it's been the greatest three years of my life so far. So.
0: Yeah, that's great to hear. Well, thank you so much. Again, that's Nick Weiss, Diocese of Dallas senior and uh, there are four of them here, and the thing we really want to talk about is the, this event coming up on October 23rd, Friday. And I was told by Sylvia that three of you, all of you except for Nick, are on what's called the Advancement Team. Uh, and it, when I hear Advancement, I think, you know, fundraising and support for the seminary. And so, uh, Christian, can you tell me, what is the Advancement Team? How did the three of you uh, get on it, and uh, what exactly are your responsibilities? Well,
3: the advancement team really is about um, making sure that people know that we're present in the community, um, whether that's through social media outreach, through outreach to various groups in the diocese. Fundraising definitely is a part of that, especially when it comes to promoting events just like this one. But a lot of the work we actually do throughout the year is promoting events at the seminary just to get people to come, because we find that... um, some of the main ways that people um, become connected with our community is by showing up and to one of our events or something, and they want to get involved more.
0: Yeah. And um, Preston, I'm curious about 2020 because, you know, Christian's talking about getting out, promoting. I'm sure a lot of this is, you know, meeting people person to person. How have things been different this year? And I know you, you guys probably all went your own way for summer and now you're back. Um, how has two thousand and twenty I, I guess helped or hindered your your efforts in, of advancement because of the the obvious the covid crisis mm-hmm.
4: De- definitely two thousand and twenty has been an interesting and difficult year I think for everybody um, and that's that 's really easy to say um, but it 's been very interesting i 've loved being a part of this team and looking at the challenges um, to overcome them and see different ways of still being able to be present to the community. Still being active in different ways that we're trying to connect. Um, so, one thing that I, I thought was very good that we did is we put together uh, for a North Texas Giving Day um, some very fun videos highlighting what each seminary was, or the seminaries from each diocese were doing um, in the different parts of the country that we were in. So, the Diocese of Nashville, all the seminaries from Holy Trinity were staying together in one old convent. So, they all made a video together. Um, just kind of talking about their situation and how difficult it was and how much we're looking forward to be coming back together. And then the Diocese of Dallas also put together a video. All of their seminarians were staying together. So that was kind of one way we addressed that. But then coming forward, um, it has been a new challenge now that we're all here together, um, and still with the difficulties that are here at, um, with the COVID-19 that we're having to overcome these as well. And so we've been trying to be active on social media because that's a new way of meeting people um, as though it's not uh, not as good as being in person. Um, but we're still trying to be present to that and trying to innovate in different ways.
0: Yeah. And I'm just curious, Cameron, what what is... I think of seminary as being like a really holy fraternity, you know, like on a college campus where sometimes fraternities get a bad reputation for the drinking and the carousing and all that. But still, you guys are guys and you're, you have a bond, friendships develop and there's a lot of time together. But I'm just wondering, you guys have been in session maybe for a few weeks now in the fall semester. I'm not sure how long. How, how, what, what is life like at the seminary in the, in this new normal with face masks and social distancing or what, what, what's it like? These days, uh,
5: well, the the seminary formation faculty is trying to make it as normal for us as possible because that was the biggest thing that we uh, longed for when we had to leave in March was the community. Yeah. Uh, so we've been back for a little over a month now, and we started with an initial two week lockdown um, where it was full masks, lots of sanitizing and disinfecting just to make sure nobody in the house had brought the virus in. Yeah. Um, but slowly as we've determined that everything's safe around the house. Um it's slowly been um less mask wearing and less um social distancing and things like that. But it's still we're not doing pastoral assignments. We're not going out into the community as much, which um we wish we could do, but it's for the sake of everybody in the house that we can live as normally as possible.
0: Yeah, and uh, one more question, and then I promise we'll get to the very nuts and bolts of the event on the 23rd. Nick, I, I'm curious about the numbers, so we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, uh, how many seminarians are there, how many can the seminary hold, and how many specifically are, are Dallas seminarians, because we are broadcasting to Dallas right now?
6: Yeah, uh, so currently the seminary has uh, 53 seminarians. Um, and we have a few resident priests who live with us. Um, and then of those 53, 13 are from the Diocese of Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, and the in total, the seminary can hold probably around 80 or so. Okay. Um, so we're a little under capacity, um, but it is nice. It's a nice kind of tight community. Like with that number, you get to really know everyone, um, have some sort of relationship with all of the guys there, um, which is really cool because we get to meet guys from all over the country. We have... Guys from the diocese of Charleston, South Carolina, uh, Jefferson City, Missouri, just from all over. Yeah, uh, so it's it's a really great opportunity.
0: Yeah, that's that's cool. All right, seventeenth annual Spass Gregus, Holy Trinity Seminary benefit coming up October twenty third, and the the website for the seminary is holytrinityseminary.com. dot com. It's a uh, in, in lieu of an in person dinner this year, they're inviting everybody for a virtual benefit uh, that's going to be live streamed on the Holy Trinity Seminary Facebook page, beginning October twenty third. It's a Friday, seven PM, and uh, the seminarians are going to be on hand to take your calls live. And so, uh, Christian, being a member of that advancement team, can you tell our listeners some of the specifics? Uh, maybe how the how, how the the, the The event is going to look, what's, you know, there are going to be talks, uh, uh, are they going to hear from the seminarians, maybe some of the goals that you guys have financially for the event?
3: So now that everyone's been doing these sort of virtual events since, golly, I guess, March, it's been a learning opportunity for everyone, and we've uh, really seen what's worked in different capacities and tried to pull from all the different styles of events. So we saw benefits both with having an event that was totally live and completely live streamed and there are some places that just did all recording. Um, They recorded the entire event. So we're actually probably going to do a mix of the two. Uh, We found that Um, The recorded event gives you a certain type of security, knowing that there aren't going to be a lot of technical issues or things like that, but that you lose some of that dynamics of a live event. So Mm -hmm. we wanted to maintain that. Um, So it'll be uh, both virtual and live streamed. Um, There will be a program really showcasing the seminary and our seminarians, most especially our still relatively new Cardinal Farrell Student Center um, and then in addition to it being live streamed in our Facebook page, there's going to be a phone bank available for um, individuals to call in and connect with the seminarians. Um, if they want to give right then, they should be able to. Um, there's going to be an online silent auction. Um, so that'll be some, a new area that we're trying to take advantage of. Um, it'll be available beginning the Monday prior to the benefit. And then it'll close that night. So it will be sort of a part of the lead up to the event. Um, and our goal this year is going to be $400,000. That's our goal, $400,000 to help maintain our formation program.
0: Uh, okay, great. And and I also see on the website, and anybody that's listening right now can go to this website and see the same information, Holy Trinity Seminary. Dot com. There are sponsorship levels. Uh, I have them here in front of me. I don't know if y'all have these memorized or not, but uh, there's anywhere from twenty five thousand dollars to uh, two hundred dollars. Can one of you speak on the sponsorships and maybe the encouragement that you can give to people right now to uh, that can be done, I guess, ahead of time or is that you call in that night or, or what? Anybody want to mention that?
3: So those sponsorships can be done ahead of time. Um, You can do that by contacting uh, Sylvia Nahara through Holy Trinity Seminary, or you could do something as simple as reaching out to us through our Facebook page. Um, And a lot of people who have given in the past have those um, contacts readily available to reach out to Sylvia. um, And then we'll be sending out information periodically with how you can give how you can get involved we're still figuring out the dynamics of the event definitely so um more information will be coming out as uh as the planning progresses, as we get closer to the 23rd of October.
0: And there's going to be a keynote address, I understand. I find that rectors of this seminary tend to become bishops. (laughs) So Father Swift, you ought to be careful. Uh, No, uh, Bishop Doug Desitel, Bishop of Lafayette, Louisiana, who's an alumnus... Of Holy Trinity Seminary from 1978, and also a former rector of the seminary is going to be speaking. Uh, Can any of y'all talk about that? You know what he'll be speaking about, or is uh, that? that, I I, I presume that's probably going to be pre-recorded. Nick, can you tell us about about that uh, presentation?
6: Yeah, so I don't know uh, a whole lot of the specifics on that uh, presentation. Um, but I'm really excited to hear it myself. Uh, bishop Doug was the former auxiliary bishop of Dallas. So I remember him well growing up, uh, going to masses at the cathedral, things like that. Um, and I just remember his very kind presence, very uh, priestly heart. Um, so I'm very looking, very much looking forward to hearing him speak for our benefit.
0: All right. Now here's, here's a question that somebody could legitimately ask, uh, especially you guys on the advancement team here. $400,000 is the goal. Well, what are the needs or, or how do you would that money be spent or what are the biggest needs financially of the seminary right now? Who would like to take that one?
5: Well, with all the new COVID precautions, we had to buy lots of hand sanitizers and disinfecting spray guns. So we've had yeah. some extra costs this year with the formation. Um, but also too, uh, the formation faculty is trying to increase the number of community events they're doing for us. Um, so a new thing we're doing this semester is every Friday night, We have uh, food brought in from a different restaurant. Um, And then we have an open bar for all of us um, just to have a fun night, hang out with each other, um, just because we can't go out. Um, So there's a lot of things that um, this money would go towards to Help us as we continue our journey and becoming the best priests that we can be.
0: Yeah, and I presume just uh, paying the electricity bill and you've got, I mean, obviously there's overhead and you've got some employees and there are probably some scholarships that are being paid for to uh, allow seminarians who otherwise couldn't afford it. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Yeah.
4: and then there's also the aspect of since we are partnered with the University of Dallas, um, most of the payments that the diocese makes goes to the University of Dallas for that education. So the seminary doesn't see a single penny of that um, that pay that goes towards, hmm. that all goes towards the education. And so they ask for a lot. The, a lot of the support goes to some of those dioceses that struggle just to pay the University of Dallas fee and then the seminary fee compared to a traditional seminary. Your academic fee and your house fee are the exact same thing. They're all meshed together because all your classes are in house. Now, yeah. since we've separated out, that's those fees have kind of fallen back upon um, just the, uh, just the seminary.
0: All right. And so that evening, all fifty three of you will be like, all hands on deck. Everybody's going to be by the phone, right? Uh, just waiting for it to ring. And then you, it's it's the coolest thing. We've got a call center here during our Sure-a-thon. and it's just like the best conversations in the world because these are the people that want to support you. So, um, uh, like like we mentioned, this is an opportunity for people to call in and uh talk to a seminarian and that phone number will be on the screen that evening is that how it works and, and uh, yeah go yeah go ahead uh Christian
3: that's right yeah the phone number will be there on the screen to call in and you'll uh have any one of seminarians that uh you could talk to I don't know exactly how many phones we'll have yet but there will be plenty available so you'll definitely be able to talk to someone Uh, very quickly and be able to not only, like I said earlier, be able to give, um, because you can do that online, but for a lot of people, it's going to be about that um, connecting with the seminarians that they would normally do um, at like a public Sunday mass or lessons and carols or something like that, that we haven't been able to have this year due to the coronavirus. So definitely this will be an opportunity for everyone to engage and the community can get to know us and us them.
0: Yes, and if you go to that website, you can keep on top of all the events. And I know as things open up, there will be more opportunities to get there in person and mingle and mix with the seminarians and hopefully in 2021 it's going to be an in-person event but uh you know we're all doing what we can this year holytrinity seminary.com uh 17th annual Spes uh which is hope of the flock i know you guys know that but for those who uh uh, are wondering what what that name means um and it's going to be friday october 23rd beginning at 7 p.m on the facebook page Uh, of Holy Trinity Seminary. And I want to give each of you just a chance to say anything else to our listeners before we let you go. I don't want you to walk out of here and say, gosh, I wish he had asked me this. So now's your chance just to jump in. And I just want to remind everybody, we've been speaking to four of the seminarians from Holy Trinity Seminary, Christian Hamrick, Preston Thompson, both from the Diocese of Nashville, uh, Cameron Kolodzinsak. Uh, from the Diocese of Austin, and also Nick Weiss, uh, Sr. from the Diocese of Dallas. So, all right, what else do we want everybody to know about? Just go ahead and jump in, and uh, what, what, what else would you like to say?
3: Well, I would f- just like to thank everyone for ahead of time for their involvement in the event that's going to be coming, and know that we see this as a a potential opportunity. A lot of these events um, have been seen as sort of consolation prizes or, oh, in spite of our not being able to have an in-person event, I guess we'll do this little virtual thing and we'll make up for it somehow. But we actually now see this as an opportunity, an opportunity to reach out to those that we normally wouldn't be able to reach out to, um, not just those within the Dallas diocese that might not be able to come to the event oftentimes because of scheduling or whatever, um, but also those outside the bounds of this diocese, um, throughout the whole of the state of Texas, throughout the whole of the southeast, throughout the whole of the country. We want to get as many people involved in this as possible, not only from a fundraising perspective, but also from the perspective of just so people know um, where we are and who we are. And we want diocese to know who we are. We want the people of um, our diocese to know who we are. And we do want to expand this as much as we can out to everybody for sure.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, and I don't know if you're promoting it outside of the diocese, but uh, it's a great uh, thing. Anybody anywhere in the world could tune in and support. All right, uh, anybody else? I uh, just got about a minute remaining before we have to let you all go. But anything else you'd like to, to point out before we go?
4: Yeah, I just wanted to say we're we're very excited for this night. Um, there's there's so much to be looking forward to this night. Our, our Schola Cantorum, which is our choir, will be performing. We're going to have individual introductions with seminarians by the diocese. And this is something we have been looking forward to and planning with. So I cannot wait to say I cannot wait to see you there and just know that you are in our prayers. And we ask for your prayers as
0: well. All right. Is registration
4: necessary?
3: Thanks for listening to K A T H 910 AM Frisco Dallas Fort Worth on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. Catholic Radio for Your Soul. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone.